All right. Well, I am super, super excited this morning. I have been pumped for like a straight three weeks to hear uh, our brother Chase Baker bring us the word this morning. So we're super excited. Yeah, let's just give him a warm, abundant life welcome. All right, brother. It's all you. Really, it's all God. But you know what I mean. So go ahead. Word up. Let's do it. <laughs> First off, I uh, just want to say sorry for this like laptop situation if like half of you up here cannot see like any of my face at all um had some complications yeah yeah you know less distractions and stuff yeah (laughs) totally good morning everybody good morning it is awesome to be here i'm just so glad to have this opportunity to just uh come and share with you guys so grateful for every single person here every single person who planned on you know coming and uh, just being a part of this worship and 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 praise and just being together and seeking the Father and for every single person who uh, has no idea how they got here today, it is definitely by no accident and um, and God knows that just He has a He has a word to speak into your heart today. And uh, first off, I apologize if I ever get lost or take any big pauses or anything like that. That might totally happen. Um, and any other weird things, I don't know, like, like, my mind doesn't think I'm too nervous right now, but my body might, so my eyebrows start, might start twitching or something, but, you know, we'll see. I want to do a quick shout out to, um, any online listeners right now or streamers. Abundant Life, we're going international this Sunday with the podcast. Um, got to meet the Potters who were here with us last week. They're from Canada. They said they would be listening. You know, I just met them, so I won't be too offended if they don't. Um... We got my best friend, as many of you know, Blaine Hewitt, listening all the way from Sydney, Australia. I've known him for a long, long time. If he doesn't listen, I probably will be a little offended, um, especially because he's on break this week from school, but, you know, he's, he's, he's a busy dude, so uh, we'll, we'll cut him some slack, but... I also just wanted to say, I do, I really feel for you guys this week. Um, You don't have Pastor Shane today. Uh, He and Mary got to go on an awesome, you know, retreat, get away with their life group this weekend. And, uh, you know, like like double whammy on you guys because Brandon actually declined to speak this Sunday. So, and uh, so so did Kevin and Shackle or something like that too. So, here I am. Background sure. uh, it's just uh, it's just about a Christian rap group that I like. You know, they made a label a little bit. You know, you can listen to him, Andy Minio. He's he's good. He's real good. Check him out. Um, quick plug in there. If anybody wants to get that to Andy Minio somehow and just tell him I'm a fan. You know, I have the merch and stuff. That'd be cool. But uh, anyways, yeah. You know, at least fifth choice right here. Um, but. But totally joking, I really do believe that uh, that is exactly what God had planned for this Sunday, for it to work out like this. Um, There's just been a word that I feel like he's been preparing in my heart for a long time that just because of this challenge, I got to, you know, like hash out and uh, be able to put a message together for you guys. And I really feel like, I really feel like it would be just like God to be working through this in my life, to have a word that's going to speak to you guys on this Sunday. So that's just my prayer that that's going to happen today. It has been something that's been on my heart for a little while to be able to speak to you guys and, uh, you know, just like somehow, you know, be on this stage giving a message, just something in my mind to where it's like, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. 
Um, but it's just something that I, I made sure I just left the door unlocked in my mind in case God ever wanted to open it. And I'm just, you know, so grateful that he did. Even more recently, the last couple of months, just thinking like, yo, that's a really cool topic. Like, I wonder, you know, that, could, that would be a sweet message. Or, you know, like if I ever got the chance to speak, you know, like what would it, what would it be about? And uh, so when I got the call, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't have anything like planned out or a message written and stuff. But I just knew... I just knew to say yes, because this was something in my mind, something that God was, you know, preparing for my heart. And it is just so, so cool that just as it turns out, what God has been working through in my life is pretty much a direct extension of what Shane just got done teaching on, which is um, worship and true worship. And we started a couple weeks ago, Shane started a couple weeks ago with defining worship that it involves love, trust, and obedience. And to quote Pastor Shane, we looked at how God is seeking worshipers who trust him supremely with their minds, love him supremely with their hearts, and serve and obey him completely with their hands. Last week, we focused on the hands and how our actions are an expression of our faith. And that in order to be able to maintain those good works that God has called us to, we need to be anchored and repeatedly washed in the love of the gospel. And what are those actions that God has commanded us to do? Well, they're so simple that there's only two of them, and they are so big that you can do them in a billion different ways. Love God and love people. And if you need that summed up, it's just love. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. Mainly anchored in the scripture of 1 John chapter 3, like Brandon read for us. And speaking through my personal story, we're going to look at how, um, we're going to look at love as action and its relation to risk. We're going to do that in three main points. One, love always involves risk. Two, Jesus risked in showing us love. And three, how we can risk, like Jesus, to show love to others. I apologize, there's no PowerPoint, but I promise I will repeat those things. So if you're out there and you have a relationship with Jesus and you have for a while and you're trying to walk with him and get closer to him every day, you know, it's just my prayer that this would help you to love God and love people better, to love God and love people well. And if you're out there and you haven't experienced that awesome, awesome love that God has for you, I pray that this would just show you... Um, show you what, what God has done for you, how he has taken risks for you just to win your heart, and that, uh, and that you would see that you want that in your life. So let's go into a word of prayer, and then we'll get started, if you could bow your heads with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much for today. Um, thank you for the cold weather that, um, that enabled me to wear this cool jacket today and preach on a Sunday. Uh, thank you for every single person that you brought here. Uh, I know it's by no accident, and I just, uh, I just pray that you would work through me and that you would open up their hearts to receive uh, the word that you have for them, and that um, I, I, wouldn't stop, I wouldn't stop that word from reaching their heart. Lord, um, we love you, and we praise you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I want to start by reading our passage again. It's in 1 John chapter 3, if you'd want to turn there, but I'm just going to read that. Starting in, uh, starting in verse 11, 
We're going to finish it out. For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brothers and sisters. Whoever does not love abides in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. But if anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him, because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him, and by this we know that he abides in us by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Now, we will be talking a lot about risk, but I just wanted to say that the main thing I want to reach your heart is the understanding between the connection of risk to love, that you will be able to better see the way that God loves you and risk like Jesus did to show that love to others. But first, let's start with the first point. Love always involves risk. To help us understand this, our scripture passage points us to the conception and creation of love. It starts, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that you should love one another. It takes us back to creation, you know, to the first book, to Genesis. The first three words of the Bible, in the beginning, that's where love started. This might not make sense right away, so just bear with me. God created the heavens and the earth. He created man. He created woman. He did not withhold anything good from us. He gave us some commands like be fruitful, cultivate the earth, care for the land and the beasts of the field. These positive commands were beautiful, and they gave us the instructions, you know, the basic blueprint for a life in perfect health and relationship with him. You know, nothing was wrong. These commands were awesome. It gave us joy and purpose and relationship. God also gave us one negative command. Do not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. As humans, we tend to hate negative commands. I can't do that. Well, I didn't even want to do that before, but now that you told me, that's the one thing that I want to do. We don't like them. But if you think about it, the negative commands are often the best and the most loving and freeing. Because if God's lone command was do not eat of that one tree, that means we were free to eat of any other tree in the garden that he gave us. And his command of do not was working for our good the whole time and protecting us from death. If any of you feel, you know, quick side note, if any of you feel like God is saying no to one tree in your life, think about how God might be protecting you from death and take a look at the other trees he's made available to you. But back to our point, God gave us one negative command, do not eat of this tree. Do you ever wonder why he did that? 
Because I know I totally did. Like, have you ever thought about how much easier it would have been to just not have that tree and keep everything perfect? Because just part of me and my personality, I think about that. I have thought about that a lot. But do you know what happened when God put that tree of death in the garden and hung a big do not eat me sign around it? That's when he gave us a choice. That's when he gave us the option to love. God was not luring us into a sinful trap with that tree. The creator of the heavens and the earth opened himself up to the possibility of rejection so that we might willingly choose to love him and serve him in return. And that just blows my mind. He risked the pain of losing his beloved children who he made in his image so that we might choose to love and trust and serve him. God showed us by example in the beginning that if you don't have a choice, it's not love. Choosing something is not meaningful if you don't have another option. It's like somebody's playing with the controllers and making you do everything, you know? It's just you making them do it. When it comes to love, there's always another option. God could have done anything, and he chose to make us, and that's what gives us meaning. In verse 14 of our passage, it tells us, and we're shown in Genesis, that we have a choice between love and death. It says, whoever does not love abides in death. God gave us the choice to either accept his love and love, us ba- and love him back or reject his love and serve ourselves. Love always involves risk. And you know, this topic is not an accident for me. That verse, whoever does not love abides in death, really spoke to me because there was a time when I saw that that's where I was headed. A couple years ago, a friend of mine told me about a past trauma that they'd gone through, and it totally rocked my perspective. It totally shocked me and, and, and just broke how I saw the world a little bit. And it just felt like everything changed, you know, because, because I thought I saw everything one way and believed things were one way. And then I found out about this and I started questioning everything, you know, everything became uncertain. You know, the thoughts that were easy to me, like God was always good, became, you know, like, oh my gosh, this happened. You know, like, is God ever good, you know? And I stopped trusting my perspective. And so I didn't want to share anything because I was so scared that what would come out of my mouth wouldn't be truth. And so I just would, I, I wouldn't talk. I wouldn't ask questions that I didn't know the answer to because I, w- because I was scared of it because everything just became uncertain. And I, would, and I withdrew from people and relationships because I felt like I had this thing, this part of me that I didn't know how to share with anybody. You know, I didn't know how to share what I was going through with it. A- and what I realized was that um, hiding that part of myself Meant that, I, meant that whenever I was around people, I had to put up a version of myself that I believed would be accepted by those people. And you know what? It protected me from ever having any pain of rejection or being ignored by other people because my true self was hidden. But it also cut me off from any opportunity to receive love. And God did a lot of work through me, you know, and through, and through lots of different events. He brought me back to the conclusion, you know, that he is good and that I can praise him and serve him. But I still wasn't taking those chances with relationships. You know, I couldn't grow the relationships that I had had my whole life. And I couldn't make new ones, which is a pretty hard thing, you know, when you just graduated high school and all your friends go away to different colleges, you know, and you can't make any new relationships with, w- w- relationships with people. 
And I just noticed that, you know, even though I was seeking God again, like my actions were leading me towards death. My lack of risk was leading me towards death. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, like, I, like I had to examine it. I had to look back and see, like, what had changed? Like, what's changed in my actions between this? And that's when I realized that, you know, the overarching problem was that I wasn't allowing any opportunity to be rejected because I wasn't being vulnerable and I wasn't taking the risk of allowing people to see my true self to accept or reject me. So in conclusion with that point, without the risk of pain and rejection, we can know that there's no opportunity for love and acceptance. Number two, Jesus risked in showing us love. It's a pretty good transition, I think. So let's go back to our passage and see what it says about Jesus loving us. John writes in in verse 16, By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers and sisters. I thought to myself a lot, you know, even before this message, you know, like, was it really a risk for Jesus to do what he did, to come down and be like us and, you know, die and rise again? Like, didn't he know what was going to happen from the very beginning? Like, just thoughts that, that I had with myself. And, uh, but you know what? Like, although that there were, you know, other goals of him, like, coming down to earth, you know, being the perfect example for us to follow and emulate the main thing that he was to do was to bridge the broken connection between man and God and break the barriers keeping man and God apart. And here's the thing. Everything Jesus did, all the sacrifices that he made, all the time he spent, you know, loving and serving us, and him dying on the cross for our sins, it was all without the promise that we would ever, ever thank him for it or love him back. And that's where the risk comes in. Because he did all this for us as we were rejecting him. You know, when we put him on the cross, Jesus totally rejected and alone, even by God. He chose to do that for the very people that he didn't know would ever accept that gift of love or experience, you know, what, what he was giving him in his, you know, time of extreme suffering. Jesus was willing to experience total rejection just to give people the opportunity to accept his love and love him back. When Jesus showed love, he was beyond the risk of pain and rejection. These were actual guarantees for him. A huge eye-opener going, going through this process for me was learning that Jesus was never protective of his heart. Going back to my story, I took full responsibility for protecting myself from all potential pain. So I was unsuccessful because that's totally impossible. And this false thinking just kept isolating me and, you know, messing different things up. And I think we all kind of struggle with trying to take on the responsibility to protect ourselves from these things. You know, we think that we're because we're in control of our lives and, you know, I care about me the most. We think uh, that we can protect ourselves the best. But here's the thing, it just doesn't work. It's not true. I don't think it's supposed to work. I mean, I was thinking about it and researching it for this message, and nowhere in the Bible does it say, take care of ourselves. There's nowhere in the Bible where God says, okay, now you're grown and strong, 
so go take care of yourself. No, he calls us child. He says that he will never leave or forsake us. Children are not responsible for protecting themselves from all danger. You know, the parents are. And that'd be crazy if they were. You know, nobody would even expect that. Yeah, we are totally supposed to make wise decisions and use discernment in our actions and to not live just like completely, you know, recklessly with no regard for other people. Uh, We're supposed to make wise decisions, you know, and use discernment, but we're not supposed to protect ourselves from potential pain. Jesus never withheld his love to protect his heart. Jesus knew that people would hurt him, and he loved them anyway. He knew that his friend would betray him, and he washed the man's feet. To what lengths would God not go to protect you? This doesn't mean that you will never experience pain or rejection, because we can see that Jesus experienced those things more than anyone. But God will always provide what you need to sustain you and heal you. You are free to trust him to protect you so that you can just love people. And lastly, we can look at how. Point number three, how we can risk like Jesus to show love to others. So how can we risk like Jesus to show love to others? Our passage says that there are two components to loving our neighbor well. In order to love our neighbor well, we need to do it in deed or action and in truth. There needs to be action and there needs to be truth. How did Jesus love people in action? Jesus did three things that I want to highlight right now. Not that it's all-encompassing, but I want to highlight these three things that I believe we can do as, you know, um, imitators of Jesus to love people. He met people where they were at. He met their needs. And he did it, no strings attached. Jesus met people where they were at. He loved them in languages they understood. And he also didn't care who it was that he was loving. It just makes me think about the Sermon on the Mount, you know, just, just, just one of, of Jesus' biggest teachings. And he used languages and metaphors throughout his whole life um, to speak to the people that he was teaching to in ways that they would understand. You know, I, I know the Bible seems, can seem really complicated to us, but a lot of the times we don't get the context because we didn't live in that time. You know, Jesus just wanted to reach people, and so he spoke in languages that they understood. He also, uh, it also makes me think of the woman at the well, just how he, how he meets everyone where they're at, no matter where they're at. You know, with the woman of the well, um, in every single way, she was just someone that he wasn't supposed to be talking to. You know, for religious we- reasons and, you know, um, time of day even, and just the fact that she was a social outcast. And those are the people that he reached, you know, people, people like that and people with diseases and uh, people weren't, who weren't accepted by the public. And I think that's something that we can do, you know, is just look at the people that may be hard to love or unpopular, unpopular to love in today's world, people that don't share our views or, um, you know, people who others would look down on us. And, um, and being like Jesus to those people would mean to love those people. Jesus also met their needs. 
in uh, his miracles. It makes me think of his miracles. You know, the people needed wine at the wedding. Jesus provided wine. They needed food. You know, Jesus fed the 5,000. They needed acceptance. Jesus had dinner with them. He walked with them. He taught them. He hung around them. And lastly, Jesus loved with no strings attached. He didn't need anything from anybody that he was showing love to because he knew that every reward that he wanted was from the Father in heaven. It talks about it in Matthew, you know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Because Jesus knew that his, re- that his reward, um, that, that if he was seeking rewards on earth, then there would be no need for the Father to give him re- rewards in heaven. And Jesus knew that he wanted the rewards from his Father. And so he, he just didn't seek that um, attention, and he didn't seek anything from the people that he was loving because, because he knew that God saw him. Those are all my points. Um, I do have two questions that, that I want to leave you guys with to, to just sit with um, and maybe write down and look at later. One is, what is keeping you <coughs> from loving your neighbor? Is it how you're going to look? You know, is it, is it time constraints that, that you've convinced yourself that you have, that you don't have the time for it? And the second question, do you have someone that you're accountable to We can be really to do the things you're scared of? You know, as, as human beings, I think that, th- that we can be really weak when we're alone. You know, it says that that's when the enemy attacks. And when we're alone and we're thinking we don't get to process with somebody else, we can convince ourselves of some pretty unrational things, I've just found in my experience. And so having somebody to talk about that with, to, to share what you want to go to that's challenging to you, that's just going to help so much with having that goal. So that's just something that I think would be really good to think about. And for anyone who, um, last question, for anyone who, you know, hasn't had that connection with God, you know, um, like hasn't been, you know, pursuing a relationship with him or anything, you know, just, I would just challenge you to look at these things, look at, um, look at how God looks on you, you know, as a child, lovingly, and uh, just how he made you, how he died to save you, and how he, how he works in his creation today, you know, even through this message to just pursue you with his love. And just think about, um, you know, what's keeping you from accepting that gift. So if you guys would bow your heads with me, and then we will close. Dear Lord, thank you so much just for this opportunity to come and um, be a vessel sharing this message. Lord, thank you for just taking this thing, this... um, this hard thing that I had to walk through and hard thing that you had to teach me. And uh, I pray that you would just use it to touch people's hearts right now and that you would keep using it. Lord, I thank you for every single person here, every single person you brought here, everyone you died to save, everyone that you love. Lord, I thank you for this church and this community, the worship team. And I just thank you for being here today dwelling with us and being faithful just like you said you would God you are so good and we love you so much help us to do that in deed and truth it's in Jesus name we pray
Amen.